want you to take your Bibles and be turning over to the Old Testament and the book of wisdom there called Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2. We're continuing our study through uh, on God and his attributes through the word of God and Today we find ourselves in the book of Proverbs. Now, I know some of y'all make those New Year's resolutions. Usually, because we've eaten so much over the holidays, we, we resolve that we're going to get in the gym, right? And it's usually about the 15th day after two weeks that it starts to wane a little bit. So uh, if that's happened to you, just let me encourage you to keep going. But I don't want to talk about a physical workout, but a spiritual workout that I always encourage people to partake. It's a daily activity, and it's reading the Proverbs for the day and getting some daily wisdom on how to live your life. And God gave us 31 Proverbs, and so I always encourage that. It's a great little exercise that you can do. And, uh, and God will give you wisdom to direct and orient your steps. And we find ourselves in chapter 2 today, and, and that's what uh, verse we're on. If you haven't gotten your box of memory verses, please do that. We're pulling out card 3 this week, how to know God. And, and we're turning to the book of Proverbs to learn how to do that. And it's important to know that, uh, the significance of this book of Proverbs. And, and it's a reminder that God wants us to, to reverence Him, to fear Him, to love Him. In fact, if you were a Jew and you were led out of bondage and, and, and you walked through that wilderness for 40 years and, and that second generation that was raised in the wilderness before they entered the promised land when God read the law, had Moses read the law to them a second time, Deuteronomy, uh, that's what Deuteronomist means, the second reading of the law. Over in chapter 6, what you discover is parents have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to teach your children and your grandchildren to fear the Lord. So listen, there's no empty nester. If you're an empty nester, you still have powerful influence to speak into the lives of your grandchildren. And when those opportunities present themselves, please avail yourself of that. Because it's what Deuteronomy 6 says we should be doing and teaching specifically, teaching that generation that we're raising up to fear the Lord. And it's the book of Proverbs which really shows us that in chapters 1 through 9. A father is teaching his sons to, to fear the Lord, important spiritual lessons for life. And in those first nine chapters, hey, in chapter 31, a mom models the fear of the Lord. By being a, a woman who fears the Lord, she's of great value. And her life is of great value to her family as she models and displays what it looks like to reverence the Lord. And, and those that do that, man, they have done nobly uh, above all others. And to be praised by not only their husbands, but also by their children, the fruit of their hands. And so this book of Proverbs is really written in such a way that the bookends tell us and everything in between uh, what it means to live a life of reverence. Reverencing God, of fearing Him, and, and it's the responsibility every Jew had, and they knew that when they entered into the promised land. Now, if we reverence God for who He truly is, because when you realize that's God, and I'm not Him, and you're not Him, and He's totally other than us, and we're going to be learning these attributes about Him, when we really know who He is, we should reverence Him, we should fear Him. In fact, uh, what we see today is we live in a land that doesn't fear the Lord. Uh, there is no fear of God. In fact, that's a warning over in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 of the, how, sinful, how sinful our hearts and minds are. Uh, from head to toe, we're, we're wretched and, and, and we desperately need redemption. And, and one of the, the verses that Paul quotes uh, from there in his little catena of scripture verses highlighting the universality of sin and from head to toe we're all sinners is that there's no fear of God in their eyes. And you look around us today and, and, and that's, that's evident in our culture. 
Um, but it shouldn't be evident in your life and my life. We should fear God. And, and we're building on our understanding of who God is. Can God be known? Yes. Uh, two weeks ago, we answered that question. He can be known. He, he, he wants to make himself known to us. He wants us to know him as he is, not as we think him to be. As he has revealed himself in Scripture. If I don't think rightly about God, that's an idol. It's not a true representation of who he is. God's word, as we learned last week in Psalm 111, his works declare who he is. And his word is a faithful testimony of those works. So that's why we open this book. To hear God speak and allow God to reveal himself to us. And as, as we meditate on this word, that you and I can know God. Now the sad thing is, is there's a famine for hearing the word of the Lord today. There's a famine for hearing who God is and what he's like. Sadly, in pulpits today, not every pulpit uh, is going to open the word of God and hear him speak. Not every children's church is going to, this is intentionality. Listen, when they go to children's church, they got their little Bibles tucked with them. Because why? When they get in there, they open the word to hear God speak. Now, the students on Wednesday night, they're going through 1 Corinthians. They open the word to hear God speak. And God reveals himself through that word. And if you want to know him and I want to know him, how do we know him? We're going to know him through his word. Because it's a faithful testimony of his works. And his works declare what kind of God he is. And his word declares what kind of God he is. And so if I'm going to have a true experience with God. And I know, you know, worship today is all about we got to have some experience. Listen, a true experience is when we open the word and we see him for who he is. And we don't walk away like forgetful hearers, James would say. We see what's in the mirror. It shows us who he is and who we are. And it's through that word that we know God. Because he's speaking. He's not silent. In fact, before we would get to Proverbs 2 and read it, just to know the context. Listen, Lady Wisdom is speaking. At every crossroads, at every gate or every uh, entry point, God is speaking. It's like she's on, on the top of a, of a tower, a great big speaker. God is speaking. Lady Wisdom is speaking. Are you listening? Every crossroads, listen, if you've got to make a decision today, God is trying to speak to you and speak to me. If you're entering into something new, going through a doorway, which usually takes us into some new experience. Before you step through that doorway, not knowing maybe what's on the other side, God is speaking. And he wants to give us wisdom and he wants to guide us and he wants to direct our hearts and our lives. But we have to, we have to, to know him and to know his purposes. The word is critical. And Lady Wisdom is there, speaking to everyone, scoffers even, fools, simpletons, all those passing by. She's speaking, speaking. The question is, am I ready to hear what she may be saying? As she's trying to correct individuals who are going down the wrong paths and telling them to turn this way. Turn at the reproof that I'm giving you, the correction that I'm giving you. That's what life is, it's, it's correction. Because we're wayward sheep, we're, we're going the wrong way. And we need God to turn us back. And Lady Wisdom's trying to do that. If I want to know God, I'm going to have to listen to what God is saying to me. So I want you to stand with me and honor the word of the Lord. We're just going to read the first five verses of chapter 2 today. On how you and I can know God. We know Him through His word. And the value of that wisdom that God is trying to speak to us this morning. My son... My children, God would say, my children, if you receive my words and 
treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. And yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And God, that's what we want today. Father, we want to know you. There is no God beside you. There is no God like you. You and you alone are God. You and you alone are worthy of praise. You and you alone are worthy to be known. God, we ask today that your spirit would help us to know you as you are. Not as we think you to be. May we entertain thoughts that are worthy of your great name. Lord, we magnify you. We exalt you. And I pray now that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, may it be pleasing to you, Lord. Lord, let not my words fall to the ground. Let them find, Lord, a place in every heart before me, whether in this sanctuary or watching online, listening on the radio. God, let your word go forth. And Lord, may it fall on good soil, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, if you were reading in your Hebrew Bibles today, what you would discover in chapter 2 is this whole chapter is one sentence. It is a compound sentence. 22 verses is a lot. Do y'all remember diagramming sentences in English? Oh, don't, don't you just love that? You just love doing it. Don't you remember? how? What a joy, right? This is a compound sentence. There, we'd be drawing all kinds of lines on this sentence, okay? And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to take your pen and circle some key words because these words are strung together in such a way, not only for a compound sentence, they're presenting an argument. Words in and of themselves have meanings, right? There's many definitions for a particular word. But when you string those words together, they are proposing something. A subject, a predicate. They're making a proposition. They're predicating something about to be true or to be believed. And the question is, either I accept that or I reject that. I believe that truth or I reject that truth. And it's that sentence, that whole sentence, that is proposing truth. God's speaking to us today. He is proposing truth to you and to me today on how we can know Him and what the significance will be if we do choose to know Him. Now, in order for that to happen, what we're going to notice is this little word, if, in verse 1, verse 3, and verse 4. In my Bible, I've circled if in verse 1, verse 3, and verse 4 because this is a conditional statement. If you will make a choice today, if I will make a decision today, if every time, listen, I'm opening God's word to hear him speak, if, if we'll do these things, something will happen. What will happen? Well, just like anyone who studies grammar will understand, there's if and then there's then. The then is in verse 5 and verse 9. You can take a, a, a line and just underline then in those two verses. I drew a little bracket from both of them from verse 5 down to verse 9. So my circles go if, if, if. And I drew three little circles there. Drew those together with lines that go down to the two thens. So I can't get to the thens unless I do the ifs. The, the ifs are critical. Uh, that's a choice that you and I have to make this morning. If we will do this. And by the way... <clears throat> There, there's something that will happen then. In fact, it, God wants this to happen for you and me. So that down in verse 12 and verse 16, he can do something from the then. That is, deliver us. 
from godly, godless men and godless women that are out there. By the way, the warning was given over in chapter 1 in verses 10 through 19 about the wicked world that we live in, sinners who will come and entice you, males and females that are evil, that will try to draw us away from God. So God's speaking to us. God wants us to know Him in order that He can deliver us from danger. And so that, verse 20, that's the final condition, or the result, so that we can walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. So hey, this morning... If you want to experience the goodness of God, if you want to know the right paths of God, in verse 20, it all begins back in verse 1, 3 and 4, with a little if. Just a little two-letter word, if, which all of life is centered on, literally, right? L-I-F-E. That's what life is made of, a bunch of choices we make, right? If I do this or if I don't do this. If I go to school here, if I pursue this career. If I say yes and I, I choose to marry this this studly man, right? Or if I choose to live here and buy this house, and, or if I take this, this promotion. Life's full of ifs. We're doing, making those decisions each and every day. It's what life centers on. Well, these are three critical ifs for you and for me to knowing God. If we will do something, if we will choose this, this logic is speaking to us, and we have to make a choice today as he strings these together, these conditional qualifications. If you and I will make a choice, here's the first choice. If I will listen intently to what God has to say. In verses 1 and 2, now, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, so that they, you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. I underlined in my Bible, receive and treasure. Because if I will intently listen, diligently listen to what God is going to say, if I treasure it, if I highly prize it, the, the picture here is, is that you and I are inclining our ear, and not just our ear, but our hearts to hear what God is going to say. It's the first condition. By the way, go over uh, sometime and read Mark chapter 4. And then when Jesus was teaching on the parables. Do you know Jesus taught the disciples that there's one parable that you must know. If you don't understand the one parable, he said you can't understand anything else. Do you know which parable it was? It's the parable of the soils. Why? Because you see, the sower goes out and he throws the seed and he throws it indiscriminately. He just throws it out there and it lands on all kinds of soils. And the problem is not with the seed. The seed is the word of God. The seed always has power and potential with it. The question is the soil. What kind of soil receives the seed? And there's only four soil types. But there's only one soil type that actually bears forth fruit. That's the good soil. Some of it's hard. Some of it has thorns and thistles. Some of it's just shallow soil that, that at first receives it. But when, when the pressure comes and the sun comes up, it, it withers and, and dies. The question today is, is what's in my heart? What's in your heart? How receptive, how intently are you ready to hear what God might have to say to us? Sometimes, listen, let's be honest. Somebody can open up the Word of God. Oh, I've heard that one before. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear that today. I got that one already. No, 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 no. Not if we really come to God's Word and understand who's speaking to us. You can't plumb the depths of this book. Because it's an infinite God speaks it. We'll talk about that in a couple of months. The infiniteness of God. But the, an infinite God speaks. You and I can't plumb the full depths and know the full depths of who he is and what he's like. 
The, the question is, what's my disposition when I open my Bible in my own personal quiet time? Do I open my Bible in my own personal? Is my, is my life so busy like that hard soil that that seed can never take root because I'm so busy on the hard path? You see, your disposition, my disposition to the Word says everything about us. If I incline my ear, if I apply my heart to understanding, I mean, listen, for the older generation, you'll know what I say right here. When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen, right? The younger generation doesn't have a clue what that means, so because they didn't see that commercial back in the 80s, right? Tell you how old we are, right? <laughs> but if you say squirrel, bleep, those ears go up, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is what he's saying. How intently are you ready to hear what God might say to you today? When I open the Word, a a am I listening, inclining my, leaning in. God has a word for me. I've got to hear what's he going to say. I, I'm ready to hear what he's going to say to me. Write this in the margin of your Bible. We don't have time to go over it right now. Proverbs 13, 13, one of my favorite Proverbs. He who despises the word will be destroyed. But he who, re, he who, <clears throat> who loves the commandment, who loves what God has to say, will be rewarded. He who fears what God has to say will be rewarded. Which one are you? That's the disposition of our, either, either I want to hear what God has to say or I reject it. Listen, over in chapter 1, scoffers are walking by, simpletons are walking by, listen, foolish men are walking by. Lady Wisdom is speaking, are you listening? She's speaking. And they're all walking by. Lady, God has a word. You have to be really discerning. You have to listen intently to what she's saying because there's many voices out there trying to get our attention. Am I ready to hear what God has to say? Because, see, God wants to speak. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to hear what he has to say. But I have to diligently, intently prize God's word and what he has to say. Am I like that today? It's if. We're all making a choice. If. But there's a second if. Verse 3. If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. What does it mean to cry out? What does it mean to lift up my voice? Am I yelling at God? Tell me what this means. Is that really the disposition I should have? Yelling at him? Shaking my fist at him? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, it's, it is lifting up your voice. It is crying out, but it's prayer. It's, it's an humble acknowledgement. God, I don't understand this. I can't understand this unless you help me. And praise God, he's made that possible. Amen. The Spirit of God is God's tutor. It's God's guide. Listen, he has promised to us to help us to understand. Check this out. What he inspired Solomon and others to write. The Spirit of God can help me to understand what's written here. And, and he's a present, he's a near, he is a guide that will help us to do that. And I need to pray earnestly. I need your help. When you're studying the Word of God because you're listening intently, you're leaning in, and you want to hear what God has to say, and you say, man, this is difficult stuff. By the way, I do that frequently myself. Lord, what are you trying to say here? I'm trying to understand this. I have to get on my knees and learn. That's how you learn in God's schoolhouse. You get down and you say, God, help this thick-headed preacher. I can't understand it. Lord, please help me to understand the things of God. The flesh of man, the carnal man, can't understand the things of God. I need God to help me to understand those things. I need your 
teacher. I need the tutor. Jesus, you promised in John 14 and John 16 that the Spirit, listen, would be there to convict us uh, of truth and convince us of truth. Convict us of sin, the things that we have committed and that our lives can be changed and convince us of the truth so that we can walk in the right ways. I am completely dependent upon you. This is where God wants to bring us. Listen, to understand his revelation of him, we need him to help us to know who he is. And praise God, he has made that possible. You see, he has the words to speak. Where else are we going to go? He has the words of life. Who else can we turn to? No one. Why not run to him? Why not say, God, speak to me. I really, I'm intent. I'm leaning in, God. And Lord, I need your help. I heard you speak, but Lord, I need some help with this one. Help me to understand it. Praise God. It's possible that we can do that. Third if. Verse 4. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden. That's an amen. Hidden treasure. Amen. If I will listen intently, if I will pray earnestly, and if I will seek seriously God. I, I have to seek him seriously. This pursuit is after the most valuable thing in the world. It's worth far more than this bling that we put on our, on our fingers and in our ears and around our necks. It's of more value than silver and hidden treasures. You stop and think. Individuals who, the miners who dig down deep into the earth's crust to, to pull these little, just a little fragment of a gem and just, just little pieces and, and the value that they have in that and then what we'll pay for it, Right? amazing our search for god our desire for wisdom our desire for truth we're pursuing the most valuable thing there is jesus gave two parables of that over in matthew's gospel right the the pearl of great price and when someone has found it they'll sell everything they have i gotta have that i know the value of it or the man who found treasure in a field and he went and sold all he had so he could buy the field for the treasure that was in it I mean, do we realize we have the words of the living God right here? Listen, just like when Moses came down on the mountain with just two tablets and ten letters, listen, we got the oracles of God right here. The living, active word of God. What do I think about this book when I hold it? Am I I listening intently? Am I praying earnestly? God, help me. God, am I seeking seriously? I know what I hold. I, I treasure, I value this book. I value the wisdom that's in it because of the God that it reveals to me, the God that I need to know, the God who loves me and gave his son for me. I mean, I desperately need to hear God speak. And so I should value what God has to say. Now see, stop for a moment, just think. Is that the disposition of my heart? Not only when I come into worship on Sunday morning, but when I have my quiet time. When it's just me and God, right? And I'm opening the book to hear Him speak. I should value that. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a great about you. Listen, I'm telling you what. If you had um, a set of football tickets to watch like Carolina and Duke play football, they, they wouldn't be really valuable. But if it was like basketball, well, I don't even know if Carolina now. Um, basketball. I'm, I'm sorry. I just had to get that. It used to be. <laughs> it used to be that way, right? But if you had those tickets to center court, and, and, and it was the, you know, 
and you lost them, man, you'd dig all through your house to find them, wouldn't you? Now, how valuable are they? I'm talking about a ticket to heaven for eternity, right? I'm talking about, listen, when we get there, oh, what a day that will be. Something worth singing, shouting, and getting crazy about, amen? The value of it. Are we earnestly seeking to hear what he has to say? Praying, God, help me to understand. I want to know. I want to know more. I'm not satisfied. I mean, I'm grateful for what I do know. But, but those who know uh, the value, uh, the works of God are great. You know what they do? They want to know more. If, if, if. You ready? If, if we'll make these decisions, then something will happen. And what will happen? Well, verse 5 and verse 9. First, verse 5. Then you will know God. You will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In fact, before I delve further into that, just please note this right here in verse 5. Then you will understand. Note in verse 9. Then you will understand. Listen to me in our culture today. This is not then you will feel. Then you will know, discern, understand. Not have a warm fuzzy. You will know this to be true about God. And who he is. And what he's like. And the warm fuzzy might come after too. But it's not primer. The most important thing is not what I feel is right about God. It's what I know to be God, true about God and what is right. And that is found in his word. When we pursue him as he is, as he has revealed himself. And ask him, God show me who you are. And if we'll do that, then we will understand the fear of the Lord and find, discover the knowledge of God. We'll know Him. Now, this is important. Two aspects of God are made known here when we know Him. We will understand the fear of the Lord. We will come to understand God is God and we're not. To stand in fear of Him, to reverence Him is to stand back and say, in awe, I'm awestruck. Wow, that's who you are? That's who you are, an amazing God. Listen, the best picture I can give you is like when that generation came out in the book of Exodus. They, were, they saw the miraculous things that God had done, the plagues, the demonstration of God's power, his superiority over all the little gods of Egypt who weren't really gods, just idols. And, and Moses and, and that group came to Mount Sinai, and God was up on the mountain, right? And there's clouds text tells us that, that there was thunder and the people were like uh, Moses you go up there for us we, we, we ain't going up there you go they stood in awe for who God is you see he's transcendent we'll get to that in a couple months he is so high above us there's none like him an infinite gulf between us we, we've, we've defined God down in our simple little terms so we can control him today is what we think He's holy other. There is none like him. And when you come in this way and pursue him in this way and cry out in this way and value the search in this way, you will understand the fear of the Lord. We'll have a greater understanding of just how awesome our Godhood, God is and how minuscule we are in comparison. And, and, and it's that understanding that is desperately needed today to understand that God is transcendent. And there should be a reverential disposition in my heart and your, in your heart as well so that we assume our proper posture before him that he's God and we're not. 
We're not dictating and mandating anything of him. It's he who commands us and teaches us and instructs us. And my responsibility and your responsibility is to surrender and yield to him and to his truth. This is not just an intellectual academic pursuit where we just know some facts about him. No, we're going to have a spiritual experience with him in our spiritual pursuit. By the way, that's what Lady Wisdom, when she was speaking over in chapter 1, wanted those passers-by to experience and experience with her to embrace Lady Wisdom in their heart. It's the same way for you and for me. With his truth, when God speaks, we'll know him as he is transcendent, holy other. There is no God like him. But it's more than that. It's not just, well, I'm in fear. I don't know what to do. I stand in awe of who he is. Oh, no. We'll not just know him in that way. We'll also know him as he is. We'll know him intimately. We will find the knowledge of God. The word picture in the Hebrew is the idea of intimacy, that you have a closeness, a, a, a close relationship with, and you really know someone. It's kind of like a husband and a bride. After they've been together for many years, we, we can finish each other's sentences, right? Oh, I know what you're going to say, sweetie. Amen. God bless you, honey. Uh, answer that for me. Amen. We'll know each other that way intimately. This is the eminence of God. He's not just transcendent. We'll discuss that on one Sunday. And the next week we'll talk about his eminence. He is near and not far. He is intimately involved in your life and my life. Do you look for that? Do you see that? Because he is. Yes, he's on his throne. Yes, he's in that place called heaven. But his presence is also here. And he is imminent. He is among us. And, 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 and it's that God that we know. And we come to know. You know, it's amazing Jesus, or I'm sorry, it's in Jeremiah. If you seek for me and search for me with all your heart, you will what? Find me. God is there. He's near and not far. He's closer than you think. And he's the pursuit you and I should have in life. And when we pursue him this way, the word says we'll know him. We'll understand him. We'll discern him. We, we will have spiritual discernment and know these things. And, and you see, I have to pursue him this way because according to verse 6, God's the one who gives wisdom. He's the source of wisdom and of understanding and, and of knowledge. In fact, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Everything that I need and you need for the basic building blocks of life, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, that, that, that those three things all come from God. I wrote in the margin of my Bible, I don't have time to tease it all out, but if you go over to chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, if you go over to chapter 24, verses 4 and 5, what you discover there is that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding is what God used to create the whole, to build the whole world. So if that's what the Creator used, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, to make everything around us, don't you think you and I would need it to make our lives? Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? Oh, yeah. In fact, what's fascinating is home builders, Proverbs 24, when he talks over there in verses 4 and 5 about how you build a house, actually, you could say Solomon's talking about how you build a temple, a house of worship. You need wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Actually, in reverse order there, wisdom and understanding, then knowledge. Wisdom's for the foundation, understanding's for the walls. Knowledge fills the rooms with precious and pleasant treasures. Your, your life, my life, you say, I'm not building a temple, Pastor Chris. Yes, you are. Your heart and my heart's worshiping something today. Either the one true God or an idol. 
or a figment of our own imagination or ourselves. Yeah, we are. It may or may not be the right knowledge of who God is, but God wants us to. If that's what he, by the way, if you go over to Ezekiel, uh, Exodus chapter 35, 36, it's funny, when God was building the temple, he gave his spirit to some artisans, artisans and they taught others, and he put the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in them as they built the temple. Fascinating to study those three words. You need it, I need it, to build a house of worship where God is at the center of it, and we stand and offer who he is, but we know him intimately as he is. And he knows us intimately too. Praise the Lord. We'll know him and we'll know the wisdom that we need. In fact, I need that wisdom from him. And I'm grateful that James chapter 1 is in the Bible. Because if anyone lacks wisdom, praise God, we know where to ask for it. From the Father above, right? He's the one who gives it. Praise God, he gives it liberally today. That's about the only liberal thing I want. Amen? The wisdom of God. God, give it to me. I need it. I'm dense. I need some help today. Don't say amen, Pastor Paul. Amen. I need God's wisdom each and every day. Because I'm at crossroads. I'm at decision points. There's doors I've got to walk through and make decisions that affect me and my family and my life. Students, I know some of y'all are about to make decisions. Maybe, you know, you're wrestling with where to go to college and what that, or what type of trade to pursue in life. And, and you're wrestling with decisions about jobs. And, and you're going to learn that's part of life. And we're all wrestling to make those decisions. You need the wisdom of God to make those decisions. But only if you and I reverence Him are we going to be in the right posture to be able to make a wise decision. I need it. I need Him. And only if you meet those conditions, then you get to verse 5. And that path that he'll guide you on will be guarded. And he'll preserve your way, the way of your saints. Uh, verse 9, not only will I know God, it also says, there's a, hey, there's a corollary to this too. I will also know godliness. I'll understand righteousness, justice, equity, and every good path. Wow, what a promise. Not only will God give me everything I need for life and godliness, huh? Through the knowledge of him. Hey, it's showing right here. I'll know God and I'll know godly living. I'll know the right things to do. Our culture could use that today, amen? I could use that today, amen? So could you. That we'll know the right paths, the equitable paths, the fair paths, the just paths, the right paths. We desperately need, man, let's just get the word of God out of the school. Let's get the Ten Commandments out of the school. Let's get God's revelation out of the school. No wonder nobody knows what the right thing to do is. This is the problem today. We see God promises to know Him and to know godly living. What's fascinating is that's what Lady Wisdom was saying in chapter 1. If you read there, she's saying, listen, I'm calling to you. I'll guide you in the right path. But oh, if you will not listen to me, if you will not seek me diligently, and you won't find me because you hated knowledge, verse 29 of chapter 1, and you didn't choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke, my correction. Can I just say, students, listen, your parents right now are God's representative in your life. I speak to my own children as well. Listen, they're God's representative in your life. And you know what? Life is full of correction and you're learning it from your parents. And it's a good thing because it's the way of life. Because we're all going to stumble and fall short of the glory of God. We're all going to need correction, even, even this guy right here and your parents and your grandparents. We don't always get it right. A heart that's humble enough to realize, you know what, I went the wrong way. I made a wrong decision. God, forgive me. Man, there's grace and mercy for that. Praise the Lord today. 
But I've got to be willing to turn at that rebuke, turn at that correction. It's the way of life. Go read the rest of the lessons in chapter 4, chapter 6, chapter 7. Over and over and over again, God is saying, I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to direct you in the right paths. Will you have a heart that wants to hear what I have to say? Can we be honest? Listen. If I want to know the right path, if I want to know the right way, if I want to know the good way, I'm going to need wisdom. Verse 10, to enter my heart. I'm going to need wisdom and knowledge to be pleasant to my soul. Because that discretion and understanding will preserve me. That understanding will keep me. I I, I want to know God and I want to know his ways. And to know God is to know his ways and to walk in them. To declare that you know God and then to go wayward, that would show that you really don't know who he is and what he's like. Because if you know him, you know he will judge sin. You know he can't just wink at it. You know he's a holy God. And you know that one day there's an accounting that we have to take place. We need to get that right now. Why wait? Why wait? Why not experience his grace and mercy today? God wants us all to experience that. But we have to make a choice. If, 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 then. And he'll speak. And he'll guide us. And he'll direct us. And he'll orient us in the right direction. And guide us in that direction. And teach us so that we can follow him. But is that the disposition of my heart? Am I inclined that way? Are you inclined that way this morning? Is there a decision you need to make? Have you gotten on the altar and said, God, I need you to speak to me. I got a weighty decision before me. And I just want to make a wise decision. It could be vocational. It could be just raising kids. It could be dealing with a situation at work. It could be something you need to. God's trying to protect us. We didn't even get to verse 12 and verse 16. I'll let you do that this week as you just maybe meditate on this scripture and knowing God. God's trying to protect you and protect me from evil men out there and an evil woman out there that isn't your bride, that's someone else's bride, who isn't being faithful to her vows. And man, I'm warning you today that she's out there and she whispers and she drips honey and her lips flatter. Strong, uh, sh- ungodly men, they, they speak perverse, crooked things. You can identify them as well. And here's the thing. There's so many voices out there trying to get your ear, trying to get our attention, trying to get us off the straight and narrow and get off us on these side streets for these side shows. You've got to make a choice. Who are you going to listen to? You might stop and think for a moment. I've got to close this because we've got to eat lunch. Hey, listen. Who was Solomon's daddy? David. You remember what David said over in Psalm 1? How blessed is the man who does not... Walk in the counsel. In other words, what's counsel? That's words. Walk in the counsel of the wicked. Stand in the path of sinners. Sit in the seat of scoffers. You've got to tune out the world. You've got to, tune out, you've got to take that remote control and turn it off. You've got to turn off TikTok and some of those other Instagram and all that other junk coming through from the world. You've got to, you've got to filter that stuff out, students, adults. Listen, some of us are so full of anxiety about what's happening in our nation and we should be concerned but all we do is take a healthy dose of fox news or something else and all we're doing is letting that shape our worldview rather than the word of god that's wrong and some of them are foxes they're not telling you the truth anyways hello be discerning be like psalm 1 like david taught his son and his son now teaches us and this is the lesson that men are supposed to teach their sons and our grandsons ladies are supposed to model by the way they fear the lord in the way that they're committed to the lord and nurturing and guiding the next generation to realize i want to know god and i want to know his godliness to protect me from the evil that's out there and the evil isn't just out there it's also in our hearts it's called sin and we need god to turn us to correct us because we do choose the wrong way sometimes Praise God this morning, there's grace and mercy. 
Man, it just flows. Don't you want to experience it? He wants to turn us that way so that, verse 20, we can walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. Man, I want to know him. And I want to know his plans. I want to know his purposes. Listen, he's written in a book all the days that you're going to live. He already knows. He knows the story before you do. He knows the end before you do. Why wouldn't I want to seek his face? What do you got in that book for me, God? What do you got written down? I want to discover it with you. I want to discover it for your glory. You have a plan and a purpose, and I just want to see what it is for me. You see, we're all going to make a choice if, 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 if. If we will passionately pursue him, we'll know him. We'll know his purposes. We'll know his paths. We'll know his purposes. And man, it will be good, I promise you, ultimately, because it will all be for his glory.